Hello, Joshua P. Warren here. You are listening to Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, I have a uh, a good friend who is just a technology geek. Uh, you know, he, he admits it himself. He is the most wired, integrated guy that you would ever imagine. He's always got the newest gadgets, always got the coolest new toys and software, and when he goes home, he lives by himself. When he goes to his house, he told me that he speaks to his house. Uh, you know, his house is alive. Everything is so integrated and so receptive to his commands. He can walk in and say, Alexa, turn on the lights. Alexa, how about a little jazz music? Do-do-do, little music starts playing. Uh, Alexa, uh, wake me up at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, make sure that while I'm sleeping, the house is 63 degrees, but as it's time for me to wake up, make it about 73 degrees. Um, I mean, and, and, and he can ask questions and he gets answers. And I mean, he was saying that this is basically a form of magic that he can just speak into the air all of these different requests and somewhere there's a little microphone that hears it and obeys and starts sending out electrical pulses that make things turn on and off and adjust and i mean it's it's a matter of it's almost really like telekinesis isn't it that all he's doing is projecting a vibration from his voice and that turns into mechanical energy and everything in between that operates this environment that he's living in. And, you know, the funny thing is, that really does seem like magic, doesn't it? And it makes you think more about what is this thing called magic? Because obviously, if you were from another era in the past and you saw that happening, it would seem magical to you. But the reason you don't necessarily think of it as magic right now is because that you are familiar with it. And that is actually kind of funny because I bet you that if I ask you, yes, you, how does all that stuff work? Well, you probably couldn't explain to me how it all works right now, but you still just accept it because you're familiar with it. And I think that that is the case with all magic, so to speak, that um, whether or not we consider something magic or technology, it depends in large part upon what we're used to, what we're familiar to, and therefore it means it depends on your perspective, on your point of view, on your reference point. And it reminds me very much of that uh, great quote by the British science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So in other words, what is now considered magic may someday become technology. Just because you may not understand how it works right now and you may not be familiar with it, and maybe it might not even work for you, doesn't mean that it's not real. Uh, that's considered one of Clarke's three laws. There are two others, by the way, 
that people don't talk about so much. One of them is when a distinguished but elderly scientist states that something is possible, he is almost certainly right. When he states that something is impossible, he is very probably wrong. And the other law is the only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. It's good stuff, isn't it? But let's get back to the one that I just was focusing on. Any, um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So open your mind a little bit to the possibility of magic, even if it's something that you, maybe it's not just something that you've ever thought about in a serious manner before. Um, in fact, I was thinking recently about how to appropriately define these terms like magic and technology and bullshit, for that matter, um, in terms of how they are applied to practice for people who say, like, I'm practicing uh, magic or I'm trying to uh, develop a technology or, you know, what is the, the difference between magic technology and bullshit. Here's what I've come up with. Let's see if you agree with this. Here's what I have so far. Bullshit never works for anybody. That's about all you need to say about bullshit. Now let's move to technology. Technology works for most of the people most of the time. So, in other words, we all know that technology is not foolproof, and it doesn't always work in the same way for everybody. Look at a piano. You could say that a piano is a technology. I can sit down and play Beethoven and Chopin on the piano. Can you? Maybe you can. But there are people who can't. Now, the technology is the same, but there are some people who can use the technology because they take time to educate, educate themselves or train, or they have more of a talent or an aptitude. It's the same thing with the computer. I mean, I know how to go and build a website. A lot of people don't know how to do that. The technology is there, but it also depends on your ability to operate it, and it also depends on the capabilities of the technology, which are always changing. Uh, because we live in an integrated society where things are always being developed and sometimes things get old and we just don't need them as much anymore. So technology doesn't work 100% of the time. But again, I think you can say technology works most of the time for most of the people or most of the people for most of the time. So that's technology. Now magic is technology that works for some people. Now, that may seem a little bit confusing, but what I'm talking about here is that uh, technology may be user-oriented, but magic is even more user-oriented because it takes a different mindset. It's still, you know, it's, it's actually got that definition of technology within it. So, again, Bullshit never works. 
technology works most of the time for most of the people, and magic is technology that works for some people. So that may sound a little complicated, but that's where I'm at right now. I think there's also some room in there to talk about things that just sort of spontaneously manifest that seem like miracles, uh, you know, and that sort of thing as well. But the reason I bring all this up is, um, you know, I, I've experimented with all kinds of technology. Uh, a technophile, I think, is the term that my friend used for himself, and I can say the same. If you know that, uh, if you know, if you know me, you know that about me. That I have a laboratory. That I have all the gadgets and goodies and all the instruments. And you know, I spend a lot of money on that sort of thing every every year, and I love it. But the irony is, I also deal with these things that don't seem to apply to traditional technology, like you know, the magic wands or uh, the wishing machine. Or uh, even I've you know dealt with other types of things like potions or uh, different types of meditative incantations and all these kinds of things because I believe that there is a way to use all of these things um, to serve one purpose or another. So maybe you're listening to this. And you're a person who has practiced magical thinking. And by the way, I consider prayer to be magical thinking, just to show you what I'm talking about here. Or maybe you're a person who just says, you know what, magic it has just never worked for me. Well, it may be that if magic has never worked for you, that you just haven't found the right angle because it's probably because that I am a, uh, a technology guy that I like things that have switches and dials and buttons and wires that I do so well with a wishing machine because it has buttons and dials and wires and circuits and they may not work at all like they work in traditional electronics but I feel comfortable with that. And it took me a while to become as comfortable using, say, something like a magic wand or, or, or using some type of, you know, sometimes you, you think to yourself, uh, is it, is it uh, better for me to produce something or is it better for me to get something that's been produced for me? For example, I wouldn't want to sit down and build my own wishing machine because for some reason I like it better if I don't um, I don't know the product entirely. I like there to be a sense of mystery about it. I like it better when somebody like Dr. Mulder makes it and gives it to me, and then I get to sit down and and work with it. And um, so I don't make my own wishing machines. I, and and some people would would probably prefer to sit down and make their own. Um, you, you you wonder about the magic bean phenomenon, like here you go, here's some magic beans, go off, you know, do something with this, make it happen. Uh, I don't know if, if it's that ever that objective, that there's just something that has an inherent power that you go off and you do something with. I think there always needs to be some, some kind of a personal involvement or some kind of a personal attachment. But the question becomes, what is it that works for you? Like, are you, are you comfortable with 
with wands? Well then, okay, if you're into that, pay attention to that feeling. Explore that. If you're interested in, in wishing machines and radionics and more technical side of things, uh, well, you know, go for that angle. Um, if you're just interested in mental manifestation, fine. Read my book, Use the Force. Or, you know, just about every book that's ever been written out there that applies to some form of, uh, you know, religion or, or some improvement philosophy it includes this idea of how to change reality to your benefit. So maybe I need to um, to create some type of a guidebook or a presentation for people to help them go through the process of learning what kind of magic might work best for them so they can pursue it. Um, but let me show you, or let me tell you, I guess, why that I think that this might might even work in general. Um, I like to use the example of, of dreaming because I'm a very, very vivid dreamer. Every single night, I have extremely clear, realistic dreams. And most of the time, when I'm having the dream, I do not realize that I am dreaming. However, once in a while, I will suddenly become aware that this is a dream. And at that point, something really exciting happens. You can control the dream. And that's what we call lucid dreaming. It's this rare and wonderful phenomenon where suddenly you realize, oh, this is just a dream, but it looks real, but I can have fun in it. And I'll be honest with you, usually when that happens to me, I, you know, I'll fly around like Superman for a while, and then I turn into a supervillain. It's like a big giant grand theft auto i'm just running around kicking ass and doing inappropriate things because i know you know this is just this is all just fun time in my head i'm doing things i would never actually do ordinarily um so i take advantage of, of lucid dreaming and then um i wake up and i say wow um this reality seemed just like the reality that I was in when I was dreaming. Except sometimes when I'm dreaming, I realize I'm dreaming and I become lucid. And then I can control it. But in this realm, why should it be any different? Isn't this just another state of consciousness? Isn't this just another dreamlike experience? What if I told you, as you listen to me, you are dreaming right now. now, you may think you're awake, but you're actually dreaming. And uh, listening to me is helping you to become lucid in this dream and to realize that there are things you can do to change this dream experience you're having right now and control it and make it lucid in ways that you never imagined before that you think you have these restrictions and limitations and parameters on you, but you really don't. There may be some limits here, but there may be many, many limits that are just illusions. And so we are living in this matrix, in this holographic reality 
where you can sort of tap in in one way or another and you can sort of hack it. And you can tweak it and adjust it and bend it and warp it and shape it into something that's more fun for you. It makes, gives you greater abundance, makes you happier, and gives you more control over your experience. And I think that's, uh, that's an important part of, of what you're supposed to learn here as a human being. That, that's part of the meaning of life, being in this big classroom where you're supposed to be able to recognize different forms of reality and your experience and how that you can become a creator, a better creator, in order to shape things um, in a more positive, productive, abundant way. So, you know, little by little, I'm going to, to tell you more about some of the projects that I've been doing um, to help people with this, to give you a tool, to give you a point of view, so that you at least start thinking properly about who you are, your relationship to your reality, and how you define what is possible and impossible. Because <laughs> there's a lot that you can do that you don't know you can do, but you won't even try to do it until you understand and believe that you can do it. So again, more of that over time. Um, I think that this is a good time of year in general to start exploring a broader sort of horizon, if you want to put it that way. It's October. You know, this is this is when Halloween rolls around. Halloween is a good example of something that we are all very familiar with now, so it doesn't seem like a big deal. If you weren't familiar with that and you went walking out one night and everybody's dressed like werewolves and witches and there are huge grinning pumpkins and people jumping out of the bushes, you're like, what the fuck happened? This is, you know, have I gone to hell? I mean, it would it would really, it would scare the crap out of you. And yet it's one of those things that we, I don't know, we're used to it. A lot of countries don't do that. Our country didn't even do it a long, long time ago. But you get you get used to something, and now you walk to the store, you see all this ghoulish stuff everywhere, and you're like, yeah, cool, it's Halloween time, you know. But that's a good example of how you can just become familiar with something that is otherwise like freakish and outlandish, uh, and you know you you become desensitized to it uh, because it, well we all accept it's a part of the norm. So it's a good time to start opening your mind, and I think that's what it's all about anyway. It's that time where here in our neck of the woods and in, in the northern hemisphere, the Earth starts tilting away from the sun. And that really does change the electromagnetic environment because during the day you're being bombarded with solar rays that are very powerful. They're blasting the earth. And then at night, the earth's ionosphere calms and expands and you can pick up subtle electromagnetic energies more easily. Well, that happens on a larger scale as we move into the fall, because the entire Earth is shifting away from the sun. 
So, you know, here I am. I, my birthday is uh, close to Halloween. It's October 25th. And I always associated my birthday with a time of celebration, like most people do as a kid. And I think that that sort of got combined with Halloween. And that's one of the, one of the reasons I'm sure that I'm as interested as I am in all these uh, creepy things. But I was born right here in Asheville, North Carolina. You know that. And uh, I own the Asheville Mystery Museum here, which is in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple. And we have Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours. I wrote the book Haunted Asheville when I was just 18 years old. It was the very first book of Asheville, North Carolina ghost stories. And I have the oldest and original ghost tours. And boy, we boom in October. So I want to let you know, if you're going to be in the Asheville area, there is no better time of year to take a Haunted Asheville ghost tour. And we also have, on a few limited uh, dates, a Haunted Biltmore Village tour. And those tours are being guided by my friends Missy Hill and Shelley Wright. And we don't do those on a regular basis. So anyway, if you're in my neck of the woods, go to hauntedashville.com. Check all that stuff out. Um, I, I have a lot of really interesting meetings coming up this week. So I suspect I will be um, bringing back some really cool information for you regarding those meetings. Um who knows? I may even be able to start passing along some information about things that uh, you would not otherwise receive. So I hope that you will continue to listen to these, these uh, podcasts. Uh, just go to joshuapwarren.com and click the link at the top that says, click here for Joshua's daily, daily podcast. And you'll see different ways you can subscribe. And you can also follow me on Twitter, and I will send you a tweet when I have a new one posted. By the way, you know, I, I heard from some more of my friends today in uh, Puerto Rico. And all of them are saying, you know, Josh, don't come back here. <laughs> They're like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, it looks, the island looks like a war zone. Um, the power is still out everywhere. I mean, the only time I hear from anybody is if they go into a bar that has some kind of um, – got a call coming in. I'm just going to ignore that. They go, they go into a bar that has some kind of a uh, little Wi-Fi signal because I think there are people out there who are still getting some, um, uh, some Wi-Fi through a, for like a, hot, a wireless hotspot or something like that. Hang on just a second. I'm going to try to get rid of this call. Okay, never mind. It stopped. See, I'm doing this on my cell phone. So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I I had a, a a message today from my friend Margarita. We call her Ita, and uh, she's a retired Navy officer who lives there in Boca Raton in, in Puerto Rico. She says, "Let me tell you something. If only I could go back in time." and purchase a sunshine simple solar generator, I would love to have that right now. Because what are you going to do when the gas runs out? Because that's what happens very quickly in these situations. Uh, I actually worked with uh, friends to create the sunshine simple. I actually don't have time to operate that company anymore. I sold it to Mobius. 
So while you're at my uh, website, joshuapwarren.com, click around there and you'll find the uh, Sunshine Simple Solar Generator. I think it's at my curiosity shop because, you know, this hurricane season is not over yet. And so that might come in handy for you. But anyway, look, I think I'm going to close for now. Uh, it's possible I'll leave another one of these for you later tonight. It just depends on what happens. I have a lot going on, but it's going to be a very active week. Thank you for being interested. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.